Hey, listen, welcome to the Hadison Gamescast. My name is Jeffrey Morris. As always, Nathan Wagner is here with me. Hello, and what is up? <laughs> also joining us on Skype, as always, is Rob Douglas and a very special guest, the creator and lead developer of the hit indie fighting game, Rivals of Aether, Dan Fernacy is here with us. And so we have a awesome conversation with him about what it looks like to be an indie developer, to what it's going to be like being at E3 this year, and just the whole process behind Rivals of Aether. It's really cool. Sweet. Let's jump into it. All right. So before we get into the game, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your background, how you got into game development, um, I think would just be a good starting point. Yeah, so um, I'm, I went to school for digital media, which is like basically art for computers. So I did that in Philadelphia at uh, okay. Drexel University. And then even, I guess the reason I started going into that was uh, I'd always done kind of like computer art hobbies kind of stuff. Like I used, I've been using Game Maker since I was in like grade school. Um, and then in high school, I got into a little bit of 3D stuff. I started using Maya. And then uh, I went, when I first went to college, I was pretty into, like, animated movies at the time. I mm. think, like, right around that time was also, like, kind of, like, this peak. Not a peak, but, like, a really golden age of animated movies where, like, Pixar, everything they put out was, like, flawless. It was, like, around the time of WALL-E. And mm. uh, oh, even, yeah. like, the guys who weren't Pixar were making good movies, I thought. Uh, the one that I really liked was Surf's Up. Because oh, yeah, dude. Surf's Up was a great, great one. I, had a I just Surf's thought up. the ocean was amazing. Yeah, I had a Surf's Up Xbox avatar when I first got my 360. <laughs> I remember I bought it for like $2. <laughs> I yeah. love that movie. So I was like really into that. So when I went to college, I thought I was going to go into animation. Um, but then as so was the kind of the original years, plan. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I was like pretty focused on 3D my freshman year. Um, <clears throat> and I actually do. I still like a lot of 3D. Uh, the thing was I was... The thing I was the worst at was, like, the animation itself. So I was, like, a decent at the modeling and texturing, but um, animation itself was always, like... So once you get the characters moving, it gets a little tricky. Yeah, because there's a science to it, and there's an art to it, and uh, the art to it, I guess, was what I was bad at, right? Like, making things feel natural. Um, But, I mean, it's something Mm -hmm. I could definitely, like, improved over time. But at the same time, I had been doing games and liking that more. Um, and then my senior year of college, I actually, that's when I made Super Smash Land, which was, like, actually, like, my fourth attempt at making a 2D Smash Brothers game. Hmm, really? Uh, so, like, yeah, I've been doing that a lot. Like, in high school, I made a game for almost all, pretty much all four years of my high school, I was working on it on and off, which, uh, looking back on it, I know, like, a lot of uh, friends who went into indie dev like none of them have like the same story where like they worked on one game for that long when they were (laughs) in high school because when you're that age you're like attention span is really short and you just kind of like give up right just think around on it for a little bit you know for fun yeah and then you go do something else and then you have a new idea and it's way better but um and i did that too like i would have small ideas i would but i always came back to it uh but it was like a lord of the rings smash brothers game where uh, you played as like characters from Lord of the Rings. That's awesome. Seriously, that is so cool. I want that game also. Yeah, it didn't play that well because like, I mean, 
it played pretty bad, like compared to what I could do now. But at the same time, uh, the sprites were actually edits from a different Dragon Ball game. So oh, like oh. as a kid in high school, I had Dragon Ball Z sprites, Lord of the Rings characters, <laughs> and like Super Smash Bros. gameplay. Dude, that that sounds awesome. like my like eighth grade dream, <laughs> all mixed together into one. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was. That was my eighth grade dream. But instead of like being like, this game would be great, I was like, I'm gonna try to make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. I bet Sauron was uh, overpowered and broke the game, right? I never even got to him because like anyone who was bigger than a normal sized person mm, yeah. was like really hard for me. <laughs> so, <I didn't laughs> that makes sense. All this... so I was like, yeah, I never got to him. Or um, I had like a cave troll that I had a good amount of stuff done for, but I never got him like implemented. Okay, yeah. Do you think you would you would ever go back to that? Uh, I joked about it, like if, uh, <laughs> like because uh, for example, we're finishing up rivals. We're probably we're aiming to be done working on rivals in like a year, like because mm-hmm. uh, we just launched, but we're gonna do like a year of DLC support and expansion and adding awesome. like uh, just things for the players because we have like a community that like goes to tournaments and plays online right now. But yeah. uh, been joking about like what would be like, you know, like what, the pie next? in the sky, like. What could what could a company offer you that would mm. like make you do it rather than something that you own? Oh. And I think if Warner Bros. offered me to make like to be in charge of a, a Smash Bros. with Lord of the Rings characters, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be that'd be pretty tempting. Right, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> we know you're listening, Warner Brothers. Contact Dan in <laughs> a year from now. He can't turn you down. There you go. Free money. Right? And the uh, funny thing is, like, it, it does as weird as it sounds, like. It wouldn't be that out of the blue because they actually did make like a like League of Legends game. Um, it's called Guardians of Middle Earth for like Xbox 360. That oh, was yeah. uh, actually really good. The only problem was like the servers weren't good. Like the way connections worked wasn't great, but the game itself was like pretty solid. So like they have shown the desire to like just put the genre into cool. or the the franchise into genres. So like I don't know. Maybe there is like some. <laughs> Hey, there's Universe. there's always a hope, right? <laughs> right. Cool. Well, um, so it sounds like maybe that was kind of like your favorite project that you kind of worked on maybe prior to to Rivals. But I know, um, when exactly did you decide to kind of go and pursue this like full time? Because I know you were at Microsoft for a while and you made some games right. there. When did you kind of make that switch? Yeah, so Microsoft, I went, I did right after college. Um, I think the main reason I actually even got an offer was I had done that, the uh, Super Smash Land, which was like a Game Boy version of Smash uh, my senior year. Yeah. Um, and I actually got that, like I just was making it online and I shared it and a couple sites picked it up, like some news sites, which um, that was like the main reason I got an offer at, you know, a big studio like Microsoft because... Mm-hmm people had actually like seen it or I could link you could I could put the article on my resume and be like this site Kotaku you know or joystick like big sites at the time that are yeah. still pretty big now um so just for that's something I always bring up because for kids who are trying to get in, their foot in the door sometimes like mm-hmm. it is really hard but like if you can do something that gets picked up and like if you can get press like when you're that small and you're basically a one-man team mm-hmm. then it makes you a lot more uh, interesting for studios like down yeah. the road, right? Yeah, for sure. Like when I when I first heard Arrivals, like, and I heard your name, I'm like, where have I heard that before? And I looked up on your website and I saw that you did Smash Super Smash Line, and I actually 
had played it a little bit in college and I like loved like the remix chip tune. So like I had all the the music, which I don't know if you did or not, but I had all the all the soundtrack downloaded like on my computer that I had listened to before. And so it was kind of this cool right. connection where I was like, Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, this makes sense that, you know, Rivals would kinda of be the next evolution of that and I I mean just if if I heard of it, I'm sure people like Microsoft totally took notice of that as well. So that's that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, so that that game, the only thing that I didn't do was audio. So both music and sound effects were other people. Mm-hmm. But the first chiptune artist was just a guy I met um, just on Twitter. And then mm-hmm. the second one, uh, Flashy Goodness, ended up, he's the musician, uh, the composer on Rivals of Ether. So we've been yeah. like, kind of working together since then now awesome. uh since 2011 so so you guys have like that awesome partnership now and maybe even more into the future he'll you guys will work together that's awesome so then yeah. how long yeah. were you at uh microsoft i worked there for about three years um i was on i was in like a college hire program which was uh like new at the time and i don't know if it still exists anymore i feel like it doesn't but uh, what it was was, like, they would try to find a team for you, and then if the team didn't have, like, a position, they would rotate you to a different one. So I got assigned to XBLA, which was, um, like, their digital games. Right? Yeah. 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 So, um, and they, they, I ended up getting placed on that team, so I was, like, the only team that I had worked for. But I did design, like, assistance, I guess you would call it, helping out on Trials Evolution, Mark of the Ninja. Um, well, yeah. Marco, the Ninja is also a really great game. That's a, that's a pretty good resume to start with. <laughs> yeah, and I worked on Dust and Elysian Tale, and then my last year and a half was mostly on Killer Instinct. Um, oh, yeah. With time also on Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, the funny thing about that one is that game, I I think my second month there, I had helped out on Ori and the Blind Forest, and then it didn't release for about a year after I left Microsoft. <laughs> so, like, I had... I had been around that game that whole time since, uh, like, the, just the way they developed it. It was, like, very, um, it took a while, but they were, like, always, like, making it better and better. So, like, yeah, well, if you play that game. Definitely. I think it uh, worked out pretty well. I remember it got received really well when it finally did come out. So Yeah, it's definitely a, a very, like, purposeful, like, everything that they put in the game is very, like, deliberate. So um, it's a good one if you want to play, like, a Metroidvania-style game. Yeah. Nice. And then the main reason I left was, well, one, I'd always kind of like making my own stuff. So, like, that's a big thing when you go in games, especially when you work for somebody else. You, like, really desire, like, ownership over things, which is something I think studios, the better, like, the better a studio is to work for, like, the better job they do at making you feel like you own your own work, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, even big studios, um, like Rockstar or something with hundreds of employees, as long as everybody feels like they are able to control like what they're putting in, then people work there a lot longer. Um, but if you feel like you're losing control and like you basically, it's like any big job where you're like, oh, I hate the way this is going. If only my boss or my boss, this guy or that guy or something. Um, so like that's like part of it when you're in a big culture that you want to just be like, I want to be in charge of all the decisions. Um, and then the other part was uh, just being around like a bunch of other indies who were doing really good work, uh, and like kind of interacting them with them daily. I just kind of started saving up, and I decided, just kind of planning out like, uh, 
when I would go indie, like what type of game would I want to make? And then uh, at the time, obviously Steam and Xbox uh, were just coming out with like, or Steam was picking up a ton of Steam in terms of indie space. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Xbox One, the ID and Xbox program was just starting. So that's how I ended up talking to Chris Charla, who was the head of it. And uh, basically, as soon as the game, as soon as I started, uh, within like a month or two, I had already had like the platform set out to do um, Steam and Xbox One. And then we've awesome. been on that path because uh, as small as we are, even just like two platforms is enough. Because everyone always asks, like, oh, can you bring it to this? Can you bring it to that? And we're like, right now we just want to, get it done for like pc xbox and then we'll focus on all that once we're uh yeah done, done like, with I, everything i'd love to but you have no idea how logistically this works with such a small team getting it to all these things exactly. at the same time yeah exactly know, for sure i uh, uh a game i've been playing on my switch lately nba playgrounds which is a it's a pretty fun game i've put a d- decent amount of time into it but like they launched on they're a really small team and they launched saber interactive they launched on switch pc ps4 xbox one and the switch hasn't gotten like any updates yet and the game's been out for a while but the, the steam one's gotten like three updates and the ps4 one's on a different version and so they're kind of i think trying to figure out how to you know be in four different console ecosystems and be able to support it so i yeah i definitely could see how that could how that could be tough so um Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the um, the characters. I think that's you know the the coolest thing about the game. Like you said, you have freedom to you know kind of make any type of characters you wanted to. And so um, I was wondering, like, who are kind of the first characters that you um, designed, and like, how did you kind of decide on them being based off like the elements? Like, they're all you know elemental fighters. Yeah. So the first character that was designed was before like the game idea or before elements were even an idea um and that was orcane and that's because his character design was just um in the game super smash land i added vaporeon uh the pokemon yeah because yeah so i wanted a character that could like teleport when i was making super smash land because i had this idea for a character that um instead of like recovering like a normal character instead it put something on the ground and it like teleported to it um and I was, like, trying to come up with... I had, like, a couple different characters where I was, like, this character could teleport. And the reason I ended up on Vaporeon was because I remember I had, like, a comic when I was a kid where, like, Vaporeon could turn into water <laughs> and, like, filled up the room and then it, like, turned back into Vaporeon. And I, I always, like, thought that was, like, a cool image that's so of, cool. like... That's so cool. I gotta do that it. <laughs> yeah, right? So then I... That's why I land... That's, everyone asked me because it's a really random choice. Like, if you look at... There's only six characters in that game and it was... Mario, Kirby, Link, Pikachu, Mega Man was the uh, the new one I added, and then Vaporeon was the like the last one. So one <laughs> of those like, doesn't. Vaporeon. <laughs> like, when you think of Nintendo characters, that's not the top five, right. I guess. But basically, it's because I wanted to make like the move set, and um, then yeah. the other thing I did was after I decided I was going to use the Pokemon, I made each one of its attacks like draw drew from the game itself. So, or like Pokemon itself. So, like, um, some of them, like, you'd be, it, you'd have to, they were like a bit of a push. So, like, its dash attack was like agility. Um, it's oh, one of its smashes awesome. was like water pulse. Um, I actually gave it rollout, which is a move Vaporeon does not have. Oh, <laughs> um, how could you? To... You broke the cannon. 
right? <laughs> I wanted to make the move itself because the move, I actually don't have one like it in Rivals, which is funny because uh, mm -hmm. it's such a, it was such an old design. But like the move was you do it in the air, right? And you hold it. If you hold it, uh, it like builds up power. And then when you let it go, um, it like explodes, which is like basically how in rollout like in the game. I, I forget how exactly how it worked, but you like it took turns and then it like exploded out. Um, so I tried to like take that, and I, I remember I put it on him, and I, he like bounces around as he's charging it. Nice. So it's definitely like a unique little move. But uh, yeah, so I, after I like took everything from Pokemon, um, I really liked the design, and I thought about how it would play in like a real Smash game when you had more attacks. So I actually like wrote up a full design for Victorian later, and that's where the um, using the puddle that Orkane can do kind of comes yeah. from. Like Orkane can. Uh, he puts it down, and then when he does a smash attack on it, it actually makes his range farther. Uh, and that was like Hydro Pump in my brain. Mm -hmm. It was like <laughs> the idea of like, no, you idea, have a, yeah. a Hydro Pump come out of Vaporeon, and then you get more range when you're on the puddle. Um, so that move was just for fun, because I didn't really have a design. Like, I, w I didn't really mod Smash. Like, that would have been the thing to do if I was able to, was like put it in like a mod of Brawl or something. Um, but I wasn't really into modding, so I actually just wrote down a couple designs. Um, Vaporeon was one of them. Uh, the other one was Forsburn, actually, the smoke character. But it was kind of nothing like the way he plays now. But the main design was like to make a character that's based around kind of hiding the stage. Um, so the way or Forsburn works is like he puts smoke out, and then uh, you can't see him, but you can see everybody else. And he can kind of move around the stage and try to fake you out. Um, and yeah, I wanted to make tricky. a character. Yeah, he's supposed to be about deception, uh, which isn't a thing that any Smash character really has, which I think is why, like, mm -hmm. when you think of the, the, those two characters are probably, like... I mean, Forsburn ends up playing, like, a combo sword character in the <laughs> end. You watch him in a tournament, unfortunately, <laughs> because, like, just hitting people with your sword is actually better than trying to be tricky most of the time. Um, but, like, their designs are the most different from, like, you know, Smash characters, because they're, yeah, they're kind of... Um, yeah, and right. That's, and that's something that really stood, stood out about the game as I spent a lot of time with it this weekend is it feels like there was a lot of unique abilities where each character did feel very different and, you know, had things where they could warp or create smoke everywhere or, you know, freeze the ground. And that's something that in Smash, I feel like they don't stray too far from the path. Like they keep every character pretty similar. So if you know how to play Smash, you can be pretty good with anyone. But I find myself like, looking up like on the rivals wiki of like okay wait how does this move work it looks like it's super cool and I, i'm not sure exactly how it works and so kind of learning all the different characters and the unique yeah. sets i think was i guess kind of cool. kind of a question with that you know you're, you're designing all these different fighters with different moves and you want them to be unique but you also have to kind of balance that out how do you how do you manage to make it so that they're all pretty even but not you know all the same move set yeah, I think uh, part of it comes to, like, it ends up being, like, half and half. Half is the initial design. Like, you know, thinking about strengths and weaknesses as quick as you can is kind of important. But then after you, like, implement the character, then it's uh, balancing it based on that. So there's kind of, in a balancing multiplayer games, there's, like, a couple different ways that people like to kind of look at it. Um, the one method that comes from Dota is, like, the Ice Frog method which is if you want to make a game like as crazy and wacky as you can, when you have a character that's too strong, just make their weaknesses even worse. Uh, 
and that's yeah, kind yeah, of exaggerate him. Right. That's kind of the opposite of what most people would say. Like for example, in a game like Overwatch or any, and even Smash. Let's say Smash, uh, Smash Four. You know, you have people who complain about um, X Y Z character. The thing that they'll say is like this good move that it has really needs a nerf, nerf right? Like, yeah. Diddy, Diddy Kong's down tilt, for example, is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> it comes out in, like, four frames, it combos into up smash, it combos into basically everything, um, and it's super hard to punish. So, someone would be like, yeah, Diddy would be perfectly fine if you just, like, you know, nerfed his down tilt. Um, and sometimes, like, when we do stuff, like, that's basically the way you have to go, because you like the way the character plays, um, but, but you it is over reliant on like one you know specific move so like sure let's you know make it a six frame move instead of a four frame but other times even though that's what everyone's complaining about the game would be more fun if you just say like oh no let's just make diddy kong's you know upbeat even worse than it is <laughs> uh oh, so yeah. keep the down tilt but like make him you know a little bit more like little mac even uh i wouldn't make diddy's upbeat worse because i honestly think it is bad now like it reminds me <laughs> Especially compared to Brawl, like his his uh, I yeah. just kill myself all the time, but um, <laughs> but that might be an option. And that way, like the characters, you can kind of see like there is still a balance, um, but they all keep their kind of unique strengths. Mm. Um, and then obviously you can go too far with that. I think Little Mac is the perfect example of that, where uh, his weakness of his recovery is just so great that it makes him not fun to play in a tournament setting anymore. Like, I think he's one of the most fun characters to play in the game. He actually is, like, who I main. But once you play people who understand how to, like, just not gimp him and get him off stage, <laughs> like, not as fun. So that's the balance. The balance is, like, keeping the identity and keeping the stuff you want and then also making it so you don't have a character that's, like, has really bad matchups or has a strategy. Um for example, Zetterburn, he used to be kind of like our little Mac. He would get gimped really early. Um, and it, instead of, like, making his upbeat farther or doing something else, we gave him a couple options to mix up his recovery offstage. So now he can, like, his down special, uh, which normally kills you, you can wall jump out of it. So it actually gives, like, good players um, a mix-up, but it doesn't, you know, really affect his recovery at the lower level where all they're doing is just upbeat, wall jump, upbeat. Um, so that's another tr option you have where you basically say, the problem is at this level, can we think of something hmm. that is a better top level but not, you know, make them Zetterburn even? Because Zetterburn is the best character when you first start playing. Like, yeah. do you really want to make it better for yeah. everybody who just starts out, right? Like, Zetterburn and Crag kind of demolish, um, like, both online stats since there's so such a wide variety of players, but then mm -hmm. also, like, your first couple hours of playing the game, they... If, if you and your friend are, have never played before, then if Zetterburn and Crag are going to have, like, really good win rates. Yeah. Did you intentionally, like, make them that way to kind of make them easy to pick up if you played games like Smash or similar games to Rivals? Yeah, Zetterburn was definitely on purpose to be feel familiar, right? Um, I often tell people he's kind of like our Ryu from uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. He's kind of like the Mario of Smash or something. Yeah, right. And he is. He's he's like our Mario, but then he's also like a Spacey. So like that kind of shows you how the game is going to be, though. Like how aggressive mm -hmm. Rivals is, where it's like, here's our Mario. Like, by the way, he's like, this is how fast he is, and this is how like relentless he is. So yeah, everybody else is like, you know, around there. Um but yeah, he is like our. He is supposed to feel the same, like not the same, but like feel like a spacey. Like if you play a lot of Smash, 
you should be able to pick up Dead or Burn. And then Crag, uh, his whole deal is he's a heavy, he has good projectiles. Um, so while he wasn't necessarily meant to be easy to pick up, his like skill set kind of feels really good for when you're starting out because even his recovery is something where um, he like spawns a pillar out of the ground, which means yeah, I love that you don't <laughs> you don't so have cool. to be the best right at getting back to stage because you literally yeah. just make ground for yourself and now you're you're you feel safe. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool. I I think Craig or Crag is my favorite character right now, and I just love his design. He's just this massive like earth powered like beetle thing and his uh his smash attacks just like full-on launching people <laughs> so he's he's a lot of fun to play as um cool um i did want to just i know you have mentioned tournaments a little bit um and did you really kind of foresee um how much this game would take off in the kind of the competitive scene and like tournaments like i know there's you know, a lot of a lot of competitive professional Smash players, like Melee and Smash Four, who even, you know, play in lots of rivals tournaments. Like, did you kind of anticipate that, or was that kind of a goal for you going into it, or what? What were your thoughts on that? I think that was like a goal, but not like one that we that I would have anticipated would actually have happened. Right? It was more like I was I kind of came from a competitive Smash scene, so when I was building mm-hmm. the game, I was making decisions for like what I would want for, like, a competitive game, right? What would I want for a tournament game? And that goes, like, all the way down to, like, even if, when you go into the game itself, it's made for that. Like, we have the stage striking, for example, in online matches yeah. the same same way Smash players do stage striking when they, you know, super play... Cool. That's, yeah, that was great. Right, and, all, like, that kind of stuff, we knew, like... We basically decided, like... So Smash is, like, a fighting game, but it's a weird one in the sense that, like, about... 40 to 30% of the content is a fighting game. And then each time they make Smash, they build this massive game that kind of, uh, like, a lot more, like, all types of players can enjoy, right? Like, even if you're not competitive, you can, (laughs) you know, you can play Smash, you can play Subspace Emissary from Brawl. You can enjoy Smash Tour mode in uh, the Wii U version. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not the Wii U single-player stuff, honestly. (laughs) Probably, Probably like my least favorite in the series. I think uh, the DS w- or Smash Run was uh, yeah, Smash Run. better. Well, even be in nice the, old, they... the original, they had you know Race to the Finish and Target Smash and all that kind of like fun platforming stuff. Yeah, and like that stuff uh, uh, like helps the game appeal. Like we knew that we were going for more of a niche, which meant um, one, our audience wasn't going to be as big as a game like Smash. Like we were definitely going to have a hardcore audience. But we were going to build a game that was, like, for kind of that audience, right? Like, we weren't going to, you know, add a ton of stuff. Um, we wanted single-player stuff for people to enjoy and get into it because not everyone's going to be a top player. But we weren't going to spend, like, a whole lot of time on all the other stuff when we would treat it more like a fighting game, right? Like, we kind of yeah. looked at it more like uh, like a traditional 2D fighter. So, like, the tutorial and the practice mode and all that stuff is set up to be uh, a bit more like a fighting game. Hmm. Mm, that's cool. So, um, how did you kind of decide to go with early access, kind of to help grow your game and also get players to kind of test it and stuff like that? Like, how did you get into the early access phase of Rivals? Yeah, so that was something where um, I'm not so sure if it was on purpose as much as we were developing the game for a bit. Um, I basically had done made new characters and was just posting trailers to um, like our Smash Bros. And um, that was, like, most of the feedback I was getting. And then I was on Smashboards, and we had, like, 
uh, play test their build. And then eventually it got to the point where we were adding more stuff, but uh, we had just got like online multiplayer working and I knew that like people would want to get in. And a fighting game is kind of like, I think one of the best genres for early access because you get to keep adding stuff. Like we still had, we only had six characters at early access launch and we ended up with eight. So like we still had two characters that we added and we changed the balance up a lot. A couple moves we even like went back and forth a couple times as we were trying to make it feel good to play against because a lot of uh, the changes we made were not necessarily because of like how strong a character was, but because like it was super annoying to be like the other guy, right? Yeah. Like if yeah. a certain strategy is just like draining your desire to want to play, um, that's like kind of why we would make changes. So I think that was good. At the same time, I do think um, early access is kind of like a little bit of a double-edged sword. Like the fact that we did so well was amazing for us because at the time it was really still just me and Flashy Goodness, uh, the composer, yeah. who got the game to early access. Um, so as soon as the game did well in like the first week, we realized that we could kind of add more people and uh, yeah. like expand a bit. So yeah, so I had another programmer that I met at GDC the year before, uh, Trevor Youngblood joined the team. And uh, he's done, he did a lot of the features that came out during early access. He made like a replay mode. He did the tutorial. Uh, he's even doing like new character implementation now, which is normally something where I'd be like, no, I want it. That's the fun part. I want to implement <laughs> characters. But at the same time, uh, so I'm the only one who does like the Xbox stuff. So we're at the point where it's like, all right, if we're going to get all this done at the same time, like, all right, Trevor, you take the new characters. I'll stay on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, I hired my buddy from college, George, to do community management. So I used to be kind of doing all the, the tournaments and stuff, but now he runs all the online tournaments. He even figures out which majors we're going to do. So, like, we had to, we expanded because we kind of could with the early access success, and then also because there's just so much to do once the game is live, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't like, want to get burned out and, like, oh, I have to finish this thing for two more years. I don't want to. And Right. Yeah. And then cool. the responsibility when the game is already up is a lot bigger, right? Because when you're just finishing it by yourself, sure, I could have taken another year and people mm -hmm. would have been waiting, but that's not as the same as, like, the game's out, people are playing it, and they want new stuff. So you yeah. get, kind of feel more pressure to, uh, you know, keep, keep releasing stuff. <laughs> sure. So maybe this is kind of a question you don't want to answer or not, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, you're talking about some upcoming characters and you talked a little bit about some DLC is, you know, can you kind of expand on any of that? Like give us some hints of like what might be coming for this game here in the near future. Yeah. So the one that we talked a little bit about it, like I don't want to tease too much, but at the same time I'm like, I can definitely tease stuff that like, obviously we own it. So, you know, it's not going to, it's not like I'm at Microsoft you, anymore. Right? <laughs> and like somebody's going to fire me for like, say, about killer. Yeah. There's no, there. there's no sniper standing by to shoot you if you say anything wrong. Right. So like, uh, the, the, one of the cool things we've thought about is, so we talked a little bit about the beginning characters, um, and how they, how all the characters take a little bit to learn. Cause they're all pretty unique. If you look at the first eight characters, the ones that are like the craziest are kind of like what I call like the Dan designs. Um, <laughs> so like Orkane, um, Forsburn, Maple, uh, even Adolescent Absa to some extent all have these like, all their specials like 
add on top of each other. Like Atalus yeah, no, uses sure. forward special to put ice down. If you down special, it explodes the ice and freezes everyone. If you neutral special on the ice, you armor up. Everything kind of like feeds in. And then even when he's armored up, then his smash attacks are different. So like there's literally like a flow path in terms of how the <laughs> so set works. Um, and like I, that's kind of like the fun I have in designing this. And like I think a lot of players have fun figuring that out too. But at the same time, like our most popular characters th that people play are Zetterburn and Crag, who are a lot more. Sh they still have cool stuff, but they're way more straightforward. Yeah. Um, so one of the characters we're doing is I um, gave one of the designs to Trevor. So we want to do like a sword, like a, a sword fighter character. So like a m more traditional kind of Marth style character that you'd see in Smash. Yeah, okay. And this character is still gonna have cool, you know, elemental stuff just like everybody else, but it's gonna be more straightforward. Right, it's gonna be more like a Zetter burn than you know an Orcane or a, gotcha. um, because one we, in the four we're gonna, we're gonna do four original characters, one for each element. There are at, le at least two more Dan designs coming in the sense that they're like super <laughs> oh, the Dan complicated. Designs, those are the one I'm looking forward to. Right, <laughs> everything kind of like does this, and they get they get all wacky. Um, arguably three, honestly, and so it's good to have one. That Trevor is going to be kind of in charge of how, uh, kind of how the character plays, but then also making sure it feels like the goal is to be like Zetterburn, because the way Zetterburn's interesting mm. is uh, at the base level he just feels like a spacey, but then he has that fire mechanic on top of it. Um, but it doesn't; it's not something that makes him more complicated to play, right? The way his, yeah. his the way his mechanic work is when you hit someone with a special, it lights them on fire, which causes damage over time. Uh, and they look like they're on fire. But if you smash attack them and they're on fire, they go twice as far. Um, and it's super strong. Like To be able to use that is important when you're playing them at a high level. But when you're first playing them, it doesn't really matter that much, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. like a passive... It's a passive ability, uh, exactly. It's a passive elemental uh, aspect. And that's something where we want to do something again where it's a little more you know, straightforward. Um, so that will be one of the characters that will come out will be a sword fighter. And I think a lot of people are excited about that because we have Forsburn who has like his dagger, but he doesn't play anything like, you know, someone like Marth where it's all about spacing and like getting those yeah. tippers and stuff like so, that. So for sword fighter, you're going more for a melee Marth rather than a brawl meta knight. Yeah, definitely <laughs> more. Yeah, exactly. Because we kind of already have a couple of characters that their aerials, like Forsburn, for example, his aerials are kind of similar to Meta Knight. Uh, they're yeah. all short range, but they're all pretty like fast and they hit around yeah. him. Even uh, Rastor, I know, has the, yeah. has the tornado. Yeah. And Rastor actually has like Mars forward air and his up air. So I've always kind of thought of Rastor like a swordy a little bit, but it, instead it's like a wing. Mm -hmm. But even he's a little different because he, his wing isn't disjointed at all. Um, so even though you can space it, if someone hits your wing, you'll basically get a trade. Uh, and that's because it's his part of his body, right? It's not a sword. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, a sword character is going to be all about, like, you know, spacing perfectly so, like, you can't even get to them. Yeah. And yeah. One quick question I did have is, are all the characters that you're planning on doing going to be part of just, like, the game's update? And if you own the game, they just kind of pop in there? Or... Are you kind of planning on putting those as additional paid DLC, or do you have a plan for that kind of stuff? Yeah, right now, so our plan is to do three separate paid DLCs, um, and they're going to basically release uh, throughout the year is the goal. The first one should be this summer, okay. hopefully. 
and that one would be a uh, the first one is just going to be one character, but it's a guest character, so someone Ooh. who's from a different game, uh, and and the stage a stage for that character, and then after fun. that, we're going to do like the four original all together, uh, and that'll be like late this year, and then the last DLC will be another guest and a stage, so it's going to be like three DLC, but then six characters uh, that get added, and then we'll decide like the price once it gets to that but our <laughs> yeah. goal is, obviously we want to make it fair but at the same time like our game is starting at 15 so yeah, like that's... have a little bit we have a little bit more room i feel like to go up in the sense that it's not like it's a 60 dollar game and then yeah. we're charging more on top of it right Definitely. yeah awesome just gonna throw in that 30 dollars season pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we definitely want to do so like part of the reason we're doing this too is um so we haven't been looking at other platforms but if we do we'd like to do it like down the road and do like a definitive edition uh something where you just get you know kind of all the characters that we've done uh like we were talking about on the if nintendo does bring smash to the switch hopefully they do like the same thing where it's like here's all the characters that came out in like one release yes you can just buy it buy all the dlc again yeah (laughs) yeah no for sure that 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 makes sense that'd be really cool to get get a maybe in a year or two down the road a definitive edition with everything in there you could say this is my game with you know everything that you could possibly want so that's awesome right cool um well i think that was most of the uh questions we had for you um if you haven't checked it out already uh be sure to do that um it is on steam 14.99 um and then can people buy it on early access on xbox is that is that you have to be a part of the program right um, I don't think you do. So like, okay. they have two programs, and it yeah, it is confusing. So like, the one is like, I forget what they call it. It's like the, the, Xbox preview or something. It's like when you get like the beta, uh, UI, but then they yeah. also have game preview, which is basically the same as early access, and uh, it just means when you search for rivals in the shop, it says like a game preview thing on it, and it says like this game is gotcha. not done yet. But I'm pretty sure anyone should be able to just pick it up right now. It's also $15. And that will update to the full version when that comes out. Uh, We won't know when that's out until we get through CERT. So, like, you can't actually know the date. But hopefully this summer as well is what we're going for. Next couple months. Nice. Cool. Well, one last thing I did want to ask you before you go. I saw you post on Twitter today. You're going to be at E3. There's going to be some type of E3 announcement. Um obviously i know you probably don't want to say too much now you want to save it for the big reveal um are you like gonna physically be at e3 or like is your game gonna just be in a sizzle reel somewhere or like is there anything you can tell us related to that so yeah so i will be going to e3 uh for the reveal and then uh all i can say is that it's gonna be rivals related so it's gonna be related to rivals of ether somehow um and okay. I think, like, a couple of days before, I'll probably put on my Twitter, like, where. Um, yeah, so, like, so I can say check this place. Yeah. So, so people don't get, like, too hyped. I can say it's not going to be in any of the three, like, main pressers, right? Okay, it's not yeah. going to be in the Xbox, Sony, or Nintendo presser, uh, which those are on, like, Monday and Sunday, I think they do now. Yeah, nowadays. yeah like the first so it's going to be... Couple so. days. It's going to be during the week of E3, but it'll still, it'll still be like a, a 
reveal thing, but it's not gonna. I, it's not gonna be the pressers. So like, so, so, get, like, so Phil's uh, not gonna bring you out on stage and. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, as cool as that would be, like I know, I know, like for, for example, in past years, uh, like I people message me on Twitter, like why we weren't in, like you know, oh you're coming to Xbox Game Preview, like why aren't you in the Microsoft presser? And it's like, well. I remember from being there at Microsoft, first of all, like they planned this thing out for like months and it's very exact. And it's like, second yeah, of all, sure. like they're very, they definitely have like a message each year that they're trying to, you know, go for. So like if you fit into the message, like let's say you're in ID and like the message is makes sense, uh, then they might put you in. But otherwise uh, it's not, I think uh, a lot of times when, especially like in our fans, right? So someone who's a fan of Smash and they're like a fan of Rivals, um, they kind of, get in a bubble where they're like these are all the games i care about but there's like a ton of games guys <laughs> yeah, like, there's a yeah. whole there's like a ton of people doing awesome stuff so uh yeah it definitely it's not it, just to be at e3 is amazing and like yeah i, I definitely uh am excited cool. to have you, have you been a, to an e3 before yeah so two years ago i was in the id at xbox just on the floor itself um just showing the game and so that was like cool set up yeah, and uh, we had press come up, and that's kind of when we were first deciding to. We were thinking about doing early access too, so we were talking. I actually like talked to some of the press about like the state of the game, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, it feels like really good now." Like uh, I would like get it on like as soon as you can. So like that's kind of when I was, and then that was in like June. So then in September we ended up launching. So that was like a a nice moment where a lot of people were like, "Yeah, this is great already, man. It's it's awesome." That's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. It's good to hear the the feedback from people right away, and yeah. kind of feel like you actually are doing something that people want to play and enjoy. Yeah, because before that, it's a lot of uh, like, well, at least for me, the nice thing was like a lot of my friends from that I'm with in Seattle like aren't necessarily Smash players, so I could kind of like gauge from them like how much they liked it. Uh, but when you're only around people who like like the same stuff you like, it's a, it's easy to be like, are other people gonna like this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Second yeah. guess yourself. Well, no, yeah. I, I will say I uh, I played it with Nathan and, and me and then our wives. We did some four-player rivals this weekend, and we were all able to pick it up and kind of, kind of get the hang of it. We all had fun. We did some 2v2, which was which was a lot of fun, so we were glad it has four players. And I was impressed by the, uh, the I think it's called the Abyss Mode, where you kind of go through all these different trials where you're jumping on platforms and shooting characters into portals. And so I thought... It was really cool that you kind of added, you know, like you said, some other modes that isn't just the, the core fighting one-on-one -on -one stuff, too. So um, I think finding that balance between making it competitive and, you know, deep, but also making it um, accessible for other people is a tough one. But I think so far it's, it's at a pretty good place. So I do want to say props on that. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And then uh, one last question for you. Who's your favorite character in your own game to play as? So, Orkane was my main for a while, um, because he was, like, kind of the character, uh, like, the character I was sitting on for the longest, like, the most, like, I think he's the most Dan design of, like, all the characters <laughs> so far, in the sense that, like, if you've played him, like, everything goes into itself, like, the puddle that he puts out with neutral special, like, it's a little projectile, hits the ground, it forms a puddle, and then that dictates, like, his whole moveset. So he can, like, turn it into bubbles. He can teleport to it. He can, like, run on it and smash attack. Um, so that was my... And I also just love his design. But recently, I've been playing, like, 
I basically just play any character I can play really aggressive. Uh, when I play, I've entered CEO Dreamland, which was in uh, Orlando oh, wow, in nice. April. Um, and I actually got to, I think I got 13th out of like 70 people or so. Okay. So I got pretty far uh, playing pretty much all Maple. So um, you can still beat like, most people at your own game. <laughs> yeah, I'm still like, okay, like the top players are all like way better than me. I was kind of sad when the game first came out in early access because like the first hour the game was out, like I was the best player. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was world. definitely like clearly like all the people I played with, my one other buddy, the artist, one of my artist buddies, he could argue with you that he was better than me, but he wasn't. I was the best <laughs> player that day, like the first hour. But then like after the first day, there was already like three or four people, like especially melee players who like jumped mm -hmm. over. Like yeah. uh, I played Mango the first week the game came oh, out, wow. <laughs> and I destroyed him in the first three games. I think we did, I think we did a first to ten, right? So first person wow. ten wins. First three games, I crushed him. Like I showed off all the different characters. I used a different character each game, and I was like showing off what you could do with them. <laughs> and then he ended up winning ten to four. Wow. Uh, in the first because <laughs> he just like figured me out right like he he yeah. was able that quickly to start downloading like because that's what he does for a living basically right. and exactly. you just kind of go you, your five minutes of fame are over <laughs> yeah. and i think uh for him too like for a lot of people when the game first came out uh one of the fun parts of rivals is just learning all the characters like that's a big mm -hmm. part of design mm -hmm. so like for him it was a lot of fun just learning what everybody did and then like figuring out how to beat it right because like you don't you're not as soon as like an orcane you know, teleports to his puddle and kills you. you that moment, you're like, what? <laughs> and then once you, like, figure everything out, then the game is more of what we see now in the competitive scene where, like, players are pushing it to the max. But I think it's a lot of fun just, like, play it and learn how all the characters work. Um, that's kind of, like, I don't know, one of the good experiences that Smash players especially can get from Rivals because there's a lot of new stuff, but it's still, like, in a, a mode that you're familiar with. Awesome. Well... Go ahead and check out Rivals of Aether, $14.99 on Steam. You can find it on Xbox. Uh, look for the full release um, later this summer. And like Dan said, hopefully we're going to get some cool character announcements or some other fun um, things at E3 in a week or two. All right, so our last segment of the show we always like to end with is just kind of what we're playing um, this week. Um, like I said, I downloaded Rivals this weekend and... So far, I'm loving it. I think I'm going to keep on playing it for a while. I won my first online matches today, which was a big step because there are some <laughs> crazy people um, on yep. there online. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty little people. I, I keep finding, finding people who say Ace in front of their name. I don't know if that's like a, a club or a sponsorship or what, but they're... That's really like a group, game. and the best player in the game is like the head of that group, so... Oh, so that's... That's when you yeah. know you're going against the top level competition. <laughs> so you're literally playing the best people in this okay. game, Jeff. Yeah. So even if they're players, <laughs> even if they're not the best, they're being trained by the best. So they're yeah, they're gonna be pretty good. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, other than that, I did jump into the Arms Test Punch this weekend. Uh, Nintendo put that uh, demo out. They put a few hour sessions out there to play, and I was really skeptical about the motion controls. I'm like, how can you play a precise fighting game in this world of Smash? and Street Fighter, you know, Injustice, all these games, and have it be motion controlled. Um, and I did use the Pro Controller as well, but after about an hour and a half, I actually liked the motion controls. So you got used to them? I only had a chance to play it for like an hour, and in the kind of chaotic mode that they put out where you were playing a lot of different people and playing like one-on-one-on-one. -on -one -on -one, or 2v2. 2v2. Mm -hmm. It was really random, and it was hard to 
get used to the motion controls. So I like the the traditional controls a lot better. Yeah, well, after I did a couple more like one-on-one matches and stuff and just kind of played around with the controls, I figured it out a little bit better. And it's crazy because you hold the Joy-Con sideways and you put your thumbs on top. And so the jump and the dash buttons and the like the kind of rush, the, the superpower, like ultimate move or whatever, are mapped to the triggers on the top. So you're pushing those with your thumbs, but moving, blocking, punching, grabbing, everything else is with the motion. And it seems like it's precise enough where it can work and it could work at a pretty competitive level as well. And so I, I'm excited to get I officially put my pre-order in today. It's c- coming in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to, to dig more into kind of the the ranked and the more competitive side and see if motion controls is still still favorable or not but um, so far it's a lot of fun i really liked it um other than that i jumped into some more marvel heroes been playing a good friend of the show adam uh adam fields and if any of you guys are playing marvel heroes on ps4 i'd love to join up with you guys it's it's a pretty fun game it's that just total kind of diablo and uh kind of Avengers Ultimate Alliance mix where you're just kind of going around leveling up characters, getting new gear and stuff. Um, and there seems like there's a, a pretty pretty uh, deep amount of content in there, which is great. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and then I, I played a couple of the Snake Pass on my Switch too. I'm almost beaten that game. I still really like it. I still recommend it for the Switch if you like um, 3D platformers. It's really cool, the, the ideas that um, they did with Snake and the platforming. So... Um, slowly working my way through that game, and David Wise did the music. And you guys know I love anything <laughs> David Wise does. That Donkey Kong kind of music. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been fun. What about you guys? Probably. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, you're all so eager. Do you guys play nothing this week? I literally did not play anything. I I had a rough weekend. I had my car stolen and was kind of really just a bad weekend. Got my car back, so don't worry, guys. It's all okay. <laughs> Well, mostly, just still dealing with all sorts of stuff. So I really only had a chance. I was going to play Rivals of Aether. I actually downloaded uh, Marvel Heroes Omega and was going to play that, but really only ended up playing a little bit more of Mass Effect Andromeda, just kind of getting a little further in that. And then other than that, I have Marvel Heroes Omega waiting on my PS4 to play, and then I also uh, purchased Rivals of Aether just earlier and was going to play it, but just didn't get around to it. So I'm going to try and do that okay, before we, we I forgive go you to bed for tonight. We forgetting your car stolen. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I was watching. I was watching a lot of the gameplay for Rivals of Aether. So, guys, don't worry. I actually did know what I was talking about. <laughs> That's good. awesome. Yeah, I uh, I had a really busy week as well. So I played a little bit of Overwatch. Played the anniversary event. Um, me and you, I know, played a little bit last night. Um, yeah, we that tried, was... tried, tried the new lockout elimination, which was pretty fun. Yeah, it's a cool new. The maps are really cool. The three new maps. Um, they did a really good job designing those. And then also I played the, the test punch a little bit. Um, I like, I think I'm interested to see how ARMS plays because it's like very strategic compared to a lot of other fighters. Like I'm not a huge fighting game fan, so I have never really gotten deep into the strategy, but like kind of how you only have two arms, you have to like decide and you're going to punch and then it takes like three seconds for your arm to come yeah. back before you can block totally and stuff like that. So there's a lot of kind of nuanced um strategies and stuff once you like throw that. an arm out there you're committed and it's yeah. not coming back <laughs> yeah. and you, you can't grab or block until you have both your arms back and mm. um well it does kind of still have that you know fight triangle you know like a street fighter where counter attack and grab um it you know it does some cool stuff with it being a 3d fighter and having that space to work around yeah, so there's another beta this weekend. I'm excited to play a little bit. Yeah, more they're putting in the hoops mode, so you can <laughs> literally grab the other player and dunk them into the hoop, which looks like a ton of fun. Yeah, so. we'll see. Huh. Cool. That'll be good. 
So what are you, Dan? Are you able to play any games other than Rivals? Like, or are you just like so busy working on the game? Like, well, what does it look like for you when you want to play other games? Um, I don't play as much as I used to. I definitely played more uh, like when I was still at Microsoft before I went indie. Like, I played a lot of League of Legends. Um, okay. And then obviously I play Smash. So nowadays I will like watch tournaments. So like over the weekend there was uh, a couple Smash events. There was Momocon. Mm-hmm. And there was Bigger Balk. So, Rivals was at Bigger Balk, so I watched the grand finals of that on Sunday. Cool. Um, and then I play, like, Clash Royale on my phone. So, like, oh, nice. that's a game I can play when I'm traveling. Yeah. And I basically... The reason I like that game is because it's very really similar to an old, like, Warcraft 3 minigame um, okay. called Winter Mall Wars, which was, like... It was basically, like, a tower defense game, except... Uh, when you got gold in Winter Mall Wars, you either built more towers or you sent units to the other side. And it was like a 3v3 map, right? So it was like hmm. there was you and two players were on the same team. You were all earning gold and you were either building buildings or sending units. And then the other team was doing the same thing. Um, so if you've ever played Clash Royale, it's basically the same idea except one-on-one. So like you have towers and then you like send units um, I think it's like a nice little. It reminds me a lot of when how MOBAs took off in general because, uh, yeah. like, MOBAs took the RTS genre and said RTSs are super awesome, but they're way too complicated for 99% of people. So <laughs> let's like, du- like not dumb it. Well, kind of dumb it down. Let's dumb it down and be like, you're only one guy, but you still have your abilities and you have to like do it. Um, a little more straightforward. I, yeah, I think Clash Royale does the same thing. Where it's like, all right, RTSs are too hard. Let's like make it so you don't have to control the units. You just place them uh, where you want. So you, all you control is how they spawn, and then you're just trying to like, you know, do the opposite of tower defense, I guess, where you're like, you want to take over the other guy's base instead of uh, yeah defend the whole time. Yeah, well, especially if you're playing on mobile, right? You don't want it to get too complicated with all these right, right, right. and stuff. So that makes so, sense. Yeah. I've, I like games that like kind of take a, like a spin on a genre that like works for them. Because like the reason Clash Royale I think works so well is like you said it's on mobile, so uh, it's like simplifies it in a way that like being on mobile doesn't make the game worse. It's like why it's good. Like you could play it on a computer, I imagine, if you wanted to, but like it plays the same way because it's so it's such a simple uh, interaction. You got got that huge install base. <laughs> so. Yeah. Plus, yeah, they have Supercell behind them, so like, whenever they, whenever they make any new game, they already have like a, a starting user base of like hundreds of thousands of people. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's good, good problem to have there. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our show. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Rob. Special thank you to you, Dan. Appreciate you coming on the show. You are our first verified Twitter user we've ever had on the show. Sue, so <laughs> proud. <laughs> yeah, but, super uh, proud now. Yeah, uh, we'd love to have you back on any anytime you want to come back on the show, maybe later on in the summer after you launch um, some more content for Rivals. And uh, we thank you for making an awesome game, and uh, best of luck with you on the, the rest of the development. So we will leave you guys with the Rivals of Aether official soundtrack. Uh, my favorite theme of the game is just the characters. So we're going to leave you with that. <laughs>